Hello and welcome back to another episode of Cody Underground. I'm Cody Willard, as usual, I guess. And today we're going to do a Q&A. Uh, we're going to take uh, questions from people at uh, tradingwithcody.com on our weekly Q&A chat. Take the highlights from those questions and uh, put them together in a Q&A format here for you today on the podcast. Be sure to check out tradingwithcody.com where I post all my trades and all of my positions. And check out marketwatch.com slash Cody where I publish Revolution Investing with the Wall Street Journal Network. And uh, be sure to check out Scudify, scudify.com and the Scudify apps, the most value-add social network, most value-add apps you'll ever put on your smartphone or that you'll ever use, frankly. We also just created social trading at Scudify, so check it out. Question number one, Cody, what's your take on the market at this point? My answer is that feet to fire, I'd say the path of least resistance for the markets will be a wide range between 15,900 and 17,000 on the Dow Jones Industrial Average for the next few weeks. That's just under, say, 16,000 on the low end and 17,000 on the high end. That's a wide range, but boy, has the market been volatile of late and Often that volatility feeds upon itself for the near term until it burns itself out. So I'd expect a wide range of volatility. I do think in the grand context of the bubble-blowing bull market that we are going through, courtesy of 0% interest rates, quantitative easing, and an all-out push by the Republican-Democrat regime on all levels of government to maximize corporate margins, corporate earnings, that uh, we, that we remain in a bubble-blowing bull market. Um, you know, over the next year or two, three years still. Um, next question. We'll, we'll, by the way, we have to deal with the bull market and the bubble blowing and the eventual major pullback slash crash that we all have to go through in our lifetime several times um, as they come. So stay tuned. Next question. Hi, Cody. How do you see the real estate market reacting if when this bubble blowing bull market does end thanks my answer is that it's a very good question but I don't think there's much reason to believe that real estate will be all that directly correlated to stock market prices in coming years as it frankly hasn't been very correlated to the stock market over the long term other than the fact that both real estate and stock market have had huge returns over the last say 20 30 40 50 years I was a, re a huge real estate bull in the depths of the collapse back in 2010 and 2011. Go to Market Watch and search for Cody Willard Real Estate. Frankly, you can just go to Google, search for Cody Willard Real Estate, and my Market Watch article will come up where I'm talking about why I'm buying real estate, published back in early 2011. I live on that land and um, what part of that land now that I was buying back then. But I am less bullish now as prices are now stabilized at much higher levels nationally. And they're up wildly in some areas where I was suggesting a bottom was being put in, such as in Las Vegas and Miami back when I was a real estate buyer and a bull back in 2010, 2011, maybe early 2012. Um, but prices, you know, were really moving up uh, off those bottoms that were put in back maybe 2007 to 2010. Next question, Cody, regarding Facebook, what are your expectations for Facebook with earnings next Tuesday? And better yet, what is the market expectation for Facebook in the earnings next Tuesday? My answer is that the market expects big things from Facebook. 
book on its earnings report next week, and so do I. Will it be enough to pop the stock that's already at all-time highs, as I'm talking right now, up from 18? Where I was, I mean, I didn't buy, catch the exact bottom. I was buying in the low 20s, but it's up from 18 to 80 in the last two and a half or three years. So, or however long since it, you know, it crashed after its IPO. When was that? Anyway, I don't know if the stock will pop after earnings or will the stock take a hit after the report. I mean, sheesh. The report's not till next Tuesday night anyway. A lot can happen in this very volatile market anyway between now and next Tuesday night when the report hits. Longer term, all systems are go on Facebook. And as I said, since I was the o since I was calling myself I, the only idiot buying Facebook back after it crashed post-IPO, um, I didn't buy on the IPO. Um, better lucky than good sometimes. Just looked like it was way too hyped into that IPO. And after it crashed, though, I... Was very impressed with Facebook's ability to have maximized its cash raise for its balance sheet from the IPO, which, after all, is the whole point of going public to raise money, not to pop the stock on the first day and or catch momentum and reward hedge funds and mutual fund managers who were allocated that stock on the IPO. They certainly didn't get to flip Facebook, did they? But anybody who bought Facebook as an investor. I don't think they're complaining, not with the stock ups, even from its IPO, you know, without the crash. Anyway, question, Cody, when a company announces their earnings for the quarter and they announce a dividend with it, like when Apple announced the dividend is payable on November 13th, 2014, to shareholders of record as of the close of business on November 10th, 2014. Question is, if I were to buy shares of the company on November 9th, would I get those dividends and then be able to turn around and sell it on the 14th? And my short answer to the question about getting dividends is that you'd probably want to make sure you were a shareholder of record even a couple of days before November 9th just to make sure your trades are settled and whatnot. Technically, you are correct. You just need to be a shareholder as of the record date. As long as you own before that date, you'll receive the dividend. The next question from the same guy says, just seems like one could hop in and out of stocks and companies just for the dividends. Is this a thing? And my answer is that traders for decades have tried to figure out how to successfully, consistently trade around dividends like you're suggesting. But the stocks often drop a bit to reflect the dividend, and sometimes it just trades wildly for whatever other reason. So... I don't think anybody's ever successfully created a good arbitrage trading opportunity around dividends in general, as you're asking. Next question. Cody, do you have any thoughts and interest on AMD? Is it a long-term hold? Well, let's look at AMD for a second together, and we'll see what we come up with. The balance sheet is wrecked with billions in debt and little cash. You can go to scudify.com and... Click on AMD and click on the financials and the balance sheet, and you'll see there that they have a couple of billion in long-term debt and only about $500 million in cash, and they've been trying to raise cash. Um, it's not good to try to raise cash when you have to, like AMT do AMD does. AMD's burning cash fast, too, not creating cash flow, which you can see looking at the cash flow again on Scudify, MarketWatch, Yahoo Finance, and revenues are growing less than 5% per year and expected to be down next year 
at AMD. I think I'd probably call that a sell. I do own Intel. I've owned it since, the, again, the low 20s. So it hasn't had near the run that Facebook has since I've owned Facebook, but Intel um, I still own. Nice dividend, nice yield. It was much nicer when it was in the low 20s. Paid more than treasuries at that point. Frankly, I don't know exactly what the yield is as I'm talking right now, but I still think Intel um, is, a, you know, not necessarily a revolution in company, but it's a, a nice um, diversified kind of investment for us on our other high growth, high beta tech stocks like Facebook. Cody, or Apple, by the way, even. Um, is Apple high beta these days? Good question. Up for debate. Question, Cody. The mining stocks continue to be very out of favor, almost loathed, with the price of gold up about $50 from the recent low of around $1,190. The miners seem to have no support. My answer is that I think the market is saying that the gold miners aren't profitable enough below $1,300 an ounce to be a good trade-slash-investment. I have been waiting patiently, as I've mentioned in podcasts past, to get back into a miner or two, maybe a miner ETF. I don't suggest actual physical metal ETFs like GLD or SLV. I'd much rather own just the physical metal itself, as I do in both gold and silver's case, uh, via bullion and gold and silver coins. And... Anyway, I've been waiting to look at uh, the miners, but I just, you know, there's until gold rallies, the miners are struggling. Um, this is borderline profitable for them, um, but the market's not impressed. Um, when gold rallies, and I do think over the next two to three years, it will rally big from the $1,200 levels, I think the gold miners will probably be a high beta version of gold and be up a much bigger uh, percentage-wise than gold would be um, if and when that happens. But sure doesn't look like it's happening anytime soon uh, as currency wars around the world are being battled. Long-term will benefit gold, but short-term are benefiting the dollar itself. And uh, a strong dollar often puts a lid on gold and clearly... As you note, there's very little support for the gold miners with gold at these levels. That's it for Cody Underground. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out Scudify. Peace.